All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesko. You're all over the place on that one, Dave. Uh, it was on purpose. Kind of like the officiating. Keep Game week 11 in the Premier League. A little bit. Keep just trying to keep you guessing. That's true. We have a lot to do. If you've never listened to this podcast before, if you have just stumbled across us and you're, you're listening to us for the first time, you need to know that we're three guys who are going to talk about all the FPL storylines that you need to know about, and we're going to throw in a bunch of extras that you can only get from us. No doubt. This episode will be absolutely no different. We've got a Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award we're going to give out. We're going to get Dave's Arsenal moment. He's going to speak to his club. Yes. His beloved Arsenal. We're going to speak to you. And it's only going to take a moment, we hope. <laughs> Manager quote of the week. And we're going to discuss all of the major VAR-related storylines because we have to. But we're not going to bore you, I promise you. But it's all going to begin and end with, Dave, the segment that is sweeping the nation. Sports! Sports! Guess, guess, guessing! Unreal. This is ridiculous. It's completely undermining my belief in FPL as a game that we should play. (laughs) It's true. What is it called, Brian? Sports guessing. That's exactly right. Dave just randomly threw out four defenders and four midfielders two weeks ago saying, yeah. oh, these are the guys. Because, you know, FPL hasn't been fun lately. It's, it's yeah, been, it's it been hard. Yeah, it was sort of tongue-in-cheek mocking. Like, we've had you know, not only just us, many other people that are way smarter than us having horrible fantasy weeks. And everyone's kind of like, why? Why does anyone even do this anymore? Yep. And I think Brian started it. It's just sports guessing. That's all it is. Right, so, so Brian yeah. came up with a faux segment. That's right. That's exactly right. That was sports guessing. And we you, thought there was going to be something to it, and it was nothing. There was nothing. He just literally introduced the nothing segment. Which somehow was better. It was amazing. But then you threw out names. Those eight names happened to outscore my entire team the following <laughs> week. We discussed that last week. It wasn't even a full team. And at the end of the pod... I, Listen, don't make this worse for me, It's please. amazing. And at the end of the pod last week, I hope you listened all the way through because then you created a new 11. It literally was in the last four minutes, and you, you threw it to me, and just as fast as that, I literally went through and randomly picked people. All right, now, Dave, all the points are in from game week 11 yeah. in the Premier League and in Fantasy Premier League. Yeah. What was the average score among all FP, all 7 million FPL players out there? What was the average Game Week 11 score? Average Game Week score was 53. 53? Yeah. 
All right, did you do the math on your sports guessing team? I did. The one I, that you threw together. I even had one guy who didn't play. He wasn't even listed in the team. Just one? Just one. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so surprise it. Because, well, no, no, like, I didn't have the benefit of a sub coming in on yeah, my yeah, sports Yeah, no bench. Team. No bench. Yep, it was, yep. It was four defenders, four midfielders, two strikers. And, so, a, and a keeper. And a keeper. That's right. All right. And so if the average score is 53... Please tell me that this squad that you put together in less than four minutes at the end of last week's podcast at least did worse than 53. Uh, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> it did better. Uh, all right. What was the score? 55. 55. 55. And and look, this is how silly this is. One of the boldest calls on there. Go back and listen to it. I said, Soyunchu is going to get on the score sheet, mark it down. Does anyone realize how (laughs) stupid that statement was? Brian. I had no idea how stupid it was, but for sports guessing purposes, it was in the moment I knew it was genius because (laughs) because there are no wrong answers. In sports guessing. To your point, as it proves week in and week out, you would do better to pick wrong on purpose than to try to pick right. In the same way Tom Heaton came awfully close to getting oh. a clean sheet on Liverpool. Right? Remember, yeah. that was my yeah. that was my sports guessing goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. He almost clean sheets. It took it to the last gasp of the game for him to yeah. lose that clean sheet. Yeah. There was one other th- I'm gonna tell you right now, Dave, if Heaton had gotten a clean sheet, that like my FPL career is hanging by a thread here. I'm week to week. <laughs> I'm week to week. Now I had a decent week. Yeah. Bounced back a oh, little no, bit. You had, you had a very good week. Seventy I you. had a seventy Absolutely. this week. Absolutely. Pretty good, and that was with nothing coming from my midfield. I mean, it was just a rough week in the midfield. Yeah, it all came from defense and forward. But I, I thankfully I beat your sports guessing team this week. Okay, but you still beat the average, and Isn't that's that crazy. Part of me still just wants to ask why. why. Why are we doing this? If you can randomly pick a squad, and it's going to do better. And, and and by the way, that was getting well. It happened to me in real life too. Uh, it, real, I say real life. In, on my fantasy team, I didn't get anything from my captain this week. Thanks, Raheem Sterling. But mm-hmm. uh, the the captain of the sports guessing team was was Bernardo Silva. So right. I mean, there were other guys. I it was probably I probably used my own judgment and just figured that he'd get something. I should have gone with off the wall choices. Like you should have captain George Baldock or Baldock. <laughs> you right? gotten more. No, I'm yeah. serious. So it, I mean, Jetro Willems. Had a yeah. week. When he had an assist. He had a week. And, a, and a, I mean, come on. And he got bonus <laughs> points. He got three bonus points. Yeah. Dale Faye scored his first goal. He did. And you, Dale Faye scores yeah. his first goal. So Yun Chu scores his first Premier League goal ever. Yeah. That's how silly it is. These were absolutely random. And it's just, it's fascinating. Okay, so we're about to record a pretty lengthy podcast episode. Sure. Who knows how long it'll at go? At the end, buckle up. Yeah, yeah, but but here's yeah. At the end, you'll do a new a new That's sports right. we'll guessing. Just, we'll throw team. it out there. Sure. And I've done my best to not even. It, it's hard, right? Because you want to try to interject your own. <laughs> yeah. I literally am. You're going trying to, not to think about it. I'm not going to look at anything <laughs> until it happens to try to make it as as aloof as it should be. Okay, but let me ask you this: between now and that moment yeah. when you're about to do that, yeah. Why should anything we're about to discuss in between matter? Because I do think we have some good things to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> but does it really matter? Yeah, yeah, because look, uh, I had a okay week. I had a 69. That was a pretty good week. Uh, Brian had a very, very good week with a 76. 76. Yeah, 76. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there were some high scores. Our 
mini league had some high scores. Yeah, in fact, I think we got a new clubhouse leader. I'll check near the end. I think Super Frank's eleven. I think scored like a ninety-six. Nice. And he was already in third, so that might have shot him up to first. So. All right, we'll try to be as uh, relevant as possible here for the next sure. however many minutes till we get back to sports guessing. That's right. But, uh, Brian, I think it's time to get on to what happened in Game Week 11. That's right. Let's get on to Game Week 11 matches. We're going to start with the storylines this time. We'll get to the Dream Team towards the end of the podcast. The weekend began with Bournemouth 1, United 0. Guys, I just want to point out the fact that Bournemouth's defense has been pretty good for the last three weeks. I'm looking at Aaron Ramsdale in goal, Nathan Ake, Steve Cook, Adam Smith, and everyone's favorite discount defender, Diego Rico. It's not everyone, Scott, because he's only owned 13.5%, which I get. I've been on Rico from the beginning of the year. In fact, even when he went out for a few weeks, I just kept him just for for money purposes. And and now, I mean, he... He's up to a 4-3, I believe. Yeah, he started a 4-0. Yeah. So, look, the competition is, is... Norwich and Watford and United, three garbage teams. I mean, wow. I, I tongue-in-cheek there with, with United, obviously. But it, the same thing is coming. I mean, at Newcastle, you guys are going to say that that's going to be a harder match. Than it is. Yeah, come on. Who goes into right. Newcastle and does well, Brian? All no right. one. I saw that coming. Right. Wolves at Spurs. It does pick up. Uh, yeah, the schedule gets a little bit harder moving forward. Those are, those are trickier. That was my, yeah, this week, since the article went out late, I still had to eat it a little bit on Diego Rico because I you which you had him, I started right? him I started the season with him okay and I sold him whenever he was kind of fluctuating there right. for a minute and I and I said I mean I said it in there too like Lloyd Kelly is there Lloyd Kel- Kelly is healthy he is on the bench every week I was just skeptical that that Rico could stay out there this long and he's been very good and so. Yeah, he's not I, coming out. Uh, no, not 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 unless not without a major mistake or an injury, he's not coming. This out. This is not and, a a an Alonzo Emerson situation no, here. This I, is Diego Rico's spot right now. Yeah, definitely. And I and I I bought him back weeks ago. Okay. And I played him this week, and I did it not confidently, but I but it was definitely not something where I'm like, I don't know if I should do this. I at wish all. I would have. I was right. the first spot on my bench. And I, and I just thought maybe Mar, uh, Rashford or Martial might nick something, but I shouldn't. I sh- that was incorrect. I mean, No, Dave, I did the exact same thing. Rico's six points were the first spot on my bench yeah. as well. well. Because why wouldn't why would you play him when when on the other side of the pitch, you're exactly right. Rashford and Martial looked great together last week. Yeah. I know there was a listener who was asking and for some Daniel advice. James continues to look good yes. too. Yeah. And there's a listener who who asked for some advice during during uh, the week leading up into game week eleven. And one of the things I said was, I like how Rashford and Martial played. Like yeah. I liked how they looked. I had no reason to confidently put Diego Rico into my squad, but obviously that's the difference between Brian's total points and well, ours but no, I mean, I, Listen. It's I, true. That's a good point. Also, I think going into this was, I mean, I, I even two weeks ago wanted to say, we're not buying this, right? Like, I just didn't believe no. that all of a sudden you did Bournemouth, say that. That Bournemouth you flipped said a switch. No, was going to come back. No, what I'm saying. You're, you're talking about the I'm fact just, that Bournemouth uh, has carried three clean sheets. I'm just saying, around. yeah, in terms of form, that all of a sudden they figured out how to play defense now. 
they, when they had done exactly what they've been doing for years and years, like what, what, I mean, I, what changed? I mean, I just don't feel like it's, I just don't, in a way, I still don't buy it, but it's sure nice to get points if you got the guys for Manchester United. It was like a shooting unclinic. Just that they did it. They, 10 of their 15 shots came from Fred, Scott McTominay, and Andreas Pereira. So there are f- five other shots. I definitely wouldn't want Fred shooting. No, like, Martial and a, I've seen shoot. What what looked so good about Martial and Rashford last week was that they took a ton of shots. Yeah. They had higher volume yeah. and they put a ton of them on target. So now all of a sudden they come in here and you know it's the Pogba less United. You know, no creativity. Uh, eight of the ten shots that Fred and McTominay and Pereira took were outside the box. Do you want those guys shooting? Over half of the the shots your team takes outside the the box, I just don't think that that was maybe the ideal. Maybe McTominay, but yeah, but no, it's just it, not your not. Point, your point is yeah. valid. Your let's, point is absolutely. Let's stick with Rico here, Brian. He had a good match, right? He did not get any bonus points. No bonus. He was close, right? He was on the bonus point structure sheet. He just what didn't rank high enough. Yeah, but he was points away. From other stats point. said he did way better than. Then maybe that shows, right? Yeah, as much as you care about whoscored.com, we referenced them plenty. Great they, site. Diego Rico was the highest rated player uh, for the match. And that's uh, big. I mean, because that, that factors in so many more things than what the Premier League fantasy stats are. Yeah, he was at a 7.8. Josh King's at a 7.7. So, you know, those guys, you know, obviously, goal, goal winner, match winner, or goal score match winner, Josh King. Right. You know, is right there. How to, how to, of, I'd say very good match. Yeah. Josh King's been playing very well, but uh, yeah, Rico comes away with the highest the highest rating of anyone in the match. Scott, your overall point was: is this worth buying into? Well, I think Diego Rico is your fourth or fifth defender. That's going to last for a while. I well, think. What about think that Adam Smith? Sense. What about Adam Smith? A five, six, and a twelve. I don't think the last three weeks. You never think about defense when it comes to Bournemouth. I agree. And yet your point remains. I, I think you know what? If you're going into the Bournemouth business, sure. I mean, Adam Smith and Diego Rico now are in. You know, they're at the same price point. But I don't know. So you definitely look, aren't going to a guy like Ake or Steve Cook because you don't trust that this is going to continue. Not with the matchups coming up. I think you know. I'm looking at the scores. Over the last eight game weeks for the entire Bournemouth squad, and in the second segment of the season, so you know prior to the second international break, game weeks five through eight, it was all about the offense. Josh King had a couple of great matches. Callum Wilson was on a roll, and then all of a sudden they've dropped off, with the exception of the seven that Josh King scored in this last game week. And then where they've dropped off, the defense has picked up. And I think people are going to start paying attention to that and probably buy into Bournemouth defense. And the irony is, you know what, it's probably time to get out now with the, with the opponents coming up. Um, with one maybe, other than Rico, there's maybe one exception. I like Aaron Ramsdale in goal. I like that as a, as a goalkeeper option. He is now the highest points per pound goalkeeper in the Premier League, by the way. He's overtaken Dean Henderson at Sheffield United. I think that has the potential to be good, but now as they get into tougher opposition, it might be because he's going to be making more saves. I wanted to bring this up, and then we're going to move on because we have too much to, to get to. Lerma and Billing are playing in front of the defense. Their defensive midfield talents are better than others that they've had in that position before, and I just wonder if that's not 
been part of the difference of of shoring that up. And the fact that, look, Adam Smith and Rico both holding down those outside spots, and they're, they must be doing it well. They, they, they do look, look, yes, it's Norwich, Watford, and United. None of them have been crushing goals of, of late. But guess what? It's still three clean sheets in a row in the That's league. Right. That says something. That's not easy to do against any three no. clubs in the Premier League. And I will say this, Dave. You know, Bournemouth have now proven themselves over the last couple of years to be a mid-table squad, mid-table club for the most part. I mean, somewhere between 8 and 12 is where you kind of expect Bournemouth to be. They're winning the matches that you need to win in order to end there against That's the right. season. And that means you're going to get some points from guys like, like mm-hmm. we've seen in the last three weeks. Let's talk about Aston Villa 1, Liverpool 2. Mane scores here late. Salah mm-hmm. and Firmino don't give you anything again. Is there any reason why you guys think that's going to remain this way, Mane on, Salah and Firmino off? Well, it just goes along with what Brian's been claiming in the year of 2019, Scott. And as we are still there, that Mane continues to outscore Salah. I'm surprised that... Not for- only for the... I mean, in the calendar year and as well now the season, that gap is starting to grow. And look, he could... He could turn in a hat trick, but I think anyone watching the games, he's had chances. It's not like he's not, and he's not being as clinical as he has been in the past. And Mane just looks sharper. He passes a better eye test right now. True. And and what's happened is his price is almost now. It, it's getting close. It's getting close to after solace. tonight. It's going to be twelve. Yeah, I just I I was going to say I'm I think I'm most surprised that Firmino's scoring form has dipped. Where I, you know, I just felt like there was, it wasn't that long ago that it seemed like I was making a lot more effort to try to get him in. Well, Brian, he started the season 5 8 2, 12, 8, 9. And then since that nine at Chelsea, he's ripped off five twos in a row. Yeah, I, that's what so I mean. Five I, straight weeks of nothing. And of course, in there, I mean, it, it, that takes a little bit of bad luck too. But I mean, he was. He was easily at the top, I think, for a while and shots and shots on target. And now he's got, you know, he's got four people ahead of him. Uh, Mope is ahead of him, you know, and in addition to Aguero, Salah, and Tammy. So, and Sterling's right there on his heels. I, I mean, I, to me, that's the guy that I'm a little bit more surprised by. Salah, I mean, Sa- yeah, I mean, that it just. I made the, I made the decision a while ago. I, I mean, I, I and it was in the thought that you had given, though, Scott. Of you're just going to have to pick one of these guys and roll with them. I I think you know, and to credit the you know the guys that have pointed this out elsewhere, you know, this is ongoing. And as long as they're going to play the formation that they do, which is their first choice for formation of you know Firmino as a center forward and Mane and Salah on either side, Salah's just not producing the same way that he was he's not in the same scoring positions uh that Mane is and as long as he's dropping deeper as long as he's counting on you know you're counting on him to make these quick moves or to free himself up for shots I mean he's going to need to be more clinical than he has been and right now he's just off and if that's the injury and they're just trying to keep saying that he's not as injured as bad as it's not as bad as everyone thinks or whatever. I mean, it seems like that's still an issue or else why take him out early this, you know, in the match? Right. That's well, why I was I was even thinking as as soon as I saw that, not only do you get a goal and an assist for Mane, 
Salo exits early here, and I just keep looking at it like, if I had Salah and did not have Mane right now, I they would be. They, I would just think it is impossible not to make that single move while it's still while the price is still uh, while you still gain some money on it. Right. I just feel like that's a really di- that would be a really difficult thing now, and it was already a tough decision four weeks ago. So. The points, like as the points, you know, yeah, there. I feel like there, there, there's going to be fluctuations of Salah. The first time Salah scores more than a goal, the first time he does that, and Mane does nothing, it could flip for the, a week. It's been five weeks where once in the last five games is Salah gave you a return, and it was one goal. He gave you seven points, and then it was also mixed in there a start. He didn't even. It's kind of a surprise. We didn't even know that he wasn't starting, and that was against United. So I agree. I think there's something going on. He doesn't look fully healthy. Well, and, and, and like that—that's to the to the point even that we had done, we had mentioned before, you know, weeks ago, when Liverpool made the switch, they were dipping a little bit last last season. So they shook things up to move Salah more central, and when they moved him to what was effectively a center forward position, he went crazy. And it happens, and every time he, the, every time they shift that way, he does way more. And it's like the, you get this tiny little glimpse of like what it could be with him. Mm. And then the next match, they just don't need it. They're getting the results. They're getting. Yeah. I mean, it's not. They don't need to shake things up at this point. The system is working, and and as long as it's going to be like this, no one. What's Klopp saying to Salah that he needs to do more? Like nobody's nobody's saying that to him. Like. I'm sure he's putting enough pressure on himself, and I'm sure watching Mane continue to kick balls into the net is a motivation enough for him to, to try to do more. That's true. Going back to Roberto Firmino for a moment, Dave mentioned five twos in a row. This one almost had a score other than two. Saturday's big VAR controversy was Roberto Firmino being called offside on uh, what looked like was a goal in the first half scored by Roberto Firmino. Another one of those where they went to the pixels, they went to the dotted lines, and uh, Roberto Firmino's armpit was proven to be offside. And I use the word proven tongue-in-cheek a little bit because uh, if if you're on our Slack workspace, you know there's a lot of conversation about the Roberto Firmino offside call and then some video from different pundits uh, about whether or not Roberto Firmino was actually offside. The, if you want to be part of that conversation, by the way, all you got to do is buy in at a certain tier on our Patreon That's site. Right. Uh, just look us up, FSFC, Fantasy Soccer FC, at patreon.com and agree to uh, support our podcast on a monthly basis. You'll see the different tiers that are there. And one of them is access to our Slack workspace where you can get us all the time on Slack as well as what you hear on this podcast. We're not going to go into detail on the Firmino VAR call because it's the same call. It's the same call as the one against Sterling. It's there, There's basically an offside call that's down to the micropixel every week. Mm. This one was no different than any of the others. A- am I wrong? No. no. But the amazing so, thing he, is, is it, didn't, it didn't affect your result. So I don't know what the hubbub was about. That's true. Liverpool yeah. It didn't even sco- affect the result. Won. It wasn't like right. and it wasn't, it wasn't no, like sun. Yeah, the sun, the sun offside, which was the exactly the same. It was the exact same, probably the exact same pixel against Leicester. Width. They drew that game. I was, think was exactly the same kind of wrong as this one. Was. By the way, th- so. this one though, Firmino, I believe, was called offside. So even if it was 
not clear and obvious, and they stick with the call that's on the pitch. I'm pretty sure Firmino's offside anyway if they just go with the call that's made by the uh, yeah. by the assistant referee. So you're right. It's 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 a non-issue, but I feel like people are just so up in arms in general about VAR. They're looking. They well, are looking for something but it to is, be upset you about. You have to admit, it is worse when it happens to Liverpool than when it happens to another team. <laughs> yes, yes. If, Wait, I'm if, supposed to say that. <laughs> hey, man. As the resident <laughs> Liverpool fan, that's my line. Anyway, if it harms, if it harms Liverpool, then right. you know that it's the damage is. is I mean, it, we need to is, talk about yeah, it. Sure. How are they supposed to win greater. the Premier League title if Martin Atkinson keeps trying to take it away from? Oh them? That's the thing. Gosh, I mean, what a even moron, that dude. Even if it was a, even <laughs> if, if it would, it had ended as a one nil Villa victory moot point Atkinson, title. Title has been decided. Scott, new segment alert. What what did Martin do this week? Yeah. Right, like we'll work on it off the pod. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Come up with something wittier not. for me. Uh, <laughs> it's not his segment. Every single week, we're talking about his games. Martin Atkinson. Every single week, the new Mike Dean. You don't want to. You don't want to. Yeah, but get... Mike, Mike Dean wasn't doing foolish stuff like this. No, I'm, I'm serious. He just enforced the rules a little stricter than everybody else. I, I'm sure we'll get to it. Yeah, you what, don't want to. You dummy, dummy. <laughs> Atkinson did today, but whatever. you don't want to tip your hat. Scott, to the effort of Aston Villa here, just a little bit? I like Aston Villa. They're fun. Well, so you know what I saw, Scott? Because I couldn't watch that match. I had to go back and watch the extended highlights. Yeah. You know what I saw? A whole lot of chances. Liverpool got lucky as crap to get out of there with the win. Not only robbing it at the end, in the first half, Villa was coming at them even after they scored a goal. And they had more chances in the first half than Liverpool did to score. And it wasn't even close. Now, I think Liverpool came on hard at the end, usually like they do. Mm-hmm. And and they deserve – they fought for that win and they got it. Not, But I'm telling you right now, Liverpool's defense – and Lover, and maybe it's Lovren. Maybe the fact that Lovren's in there. I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if other teams are finding – Holes and and attacking areas that they're being able to expose. Maybe Robertson and Alexander Arnold. I don't know, but they had a lot of chances, and it just this seems like something that Liverpool's so good offensively that that they're oftentimes able to overcome some of these defensive weaknesses. But they have like one clean sheet all year. Right. It's just surprising because I feel like they have the best defense. Sure. Sure. And you might call me foolish, but I've kept Andy Robertson all this time in my fantasy lineup, and this is you know five weeks now out of seven where he's giving you some kind of returns despite yeah. the lack of clean sheets, which is crazy. Which is it's it is a little hey, crazy, but also Sadio Mane. I want to know what I want to know how many players on the Liverpool offense are putting a pass like that on Andy Robertson's head. Yeah, for his goal. Yeah, I that mean, was come filthy. On. Filthy on a rope. I just want to say I. Was happy to see John McGinn continue to do well. Yeah, five fantasy points here. Brian, the he, assist on Trezeguet's goal. He was in one big stat, was he not? He was. Keep the faith was my my final exhortation there. Okay. Uh, no, I just feel like he's been very good. I, the The thing that was most shocking, and I still even looking at it now, he's been. You know, he didn't have as many shots against Liverpool. I didn't expect a ton, but he's in the top ten. In shots, and he's in the top. He's in the same spot in shots on target for the le- in the league. That has not dipped. Like 
he his worst two he had two matches earlier in the season like weeks three and four or something like that where he took zero shots every other week since then he's been I mean, he's he has kept a steady stream of still being able to shoot what regardless of what jack Grealish has done jack Grealish having that run of two or three matches in a row or two three out of four mm-hmm. Made it, it took the shine off McGinn a little bit. Well, you know, Grealish was hurt. He misses out here. And, and I just said, like, McGinn's had two, the two pre- previous weeks. He's a, he's a post away from scoring against, uh, against Manchester City. He has, you know, an, an assist ruled out for v, from VAR two weeks ago. So I just still really like him. And now that they have, you know, Wolves, Newcastle, Manchester United, Chelsea. Like, again, defenses that are shaky. Uh, you know, Newcastle, whatever they are now, I mean, you kind of know what they are, but all four of those clubs, I think, you know, they can still be yeah, had. Yeah, they just got past City, Liverpool back-to-back. No matter what, it's Everything else better. gets easier after <laughs> yeah, that. that's exactly And right. you know what they did to both those clubs? They stood right up to them. They did. They stood right up to him. They didn't sit back, yep. and they came right at him. They didn't get any points from either match, but they could feel good about what they There's tried no to do and, and how they almost pulled it off. I don't. Right. I barely understand. I can't understand why anyone owns Virgil van Dyke right now. Yeah, bring it. I mean, preach the I, word I, right I, now, I understand Brian. owning him a little bit, owning him, but why he's still the number one most owned defender baffles me. I, Overall. That is, yeah. That he is. is. Yes. He is number one most owned. That's crazy. I don't. I. I don't get that at all. There cannot be that many inactive accounts right now. It's impossible <laughs> that there's that many. Not this early in the season. No. Nah. Wow. I just. I just am confused by it. That's all. He is barely. He is right outside the top twenty in in defender scoring. Yeah. So, like you said, Scott Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold are going to give you. Offensive returns, they have been doing it. You're not owning them at this point for the clean sheets. No, absolutely not. And you know this upcoming match where they host Manchester City, there's going to be goals in that match. And Virgil may or may not be a part of them. It's much more likely that guys like Robertson and TAA are going to be a part of them. This is not... If you're a Virgil van Dyke owner, and it sounds like a lot of you listening probably are, he's coming off a 2-2-2-1, last four, and now they play Manchester City coming up. It doesn't make any sense. Scott, now, now's 40, the time. If you can, 42% of teams. If you crazy. can't find point four to go from Van Dyke to Robertson, I mean, I, I just don't know what I don't know what to say. Yeah. There's plenty of options to go way down, that's for sure. Yes. Dave, you mentioned that you were unable to watch the Liverpool Aston Villa match. I can, I understand. Uh, but at the same time, there was another match that was being played, and it was on TV here in the United States. Arsenal v. Wolves. Arsenal won. Wolves won was the end result. No Granite Xhaka in the lineup, but we did get Mesut Ozil. Apparently, Arsenal can't play without one of those two guys. Seems like it. Yeah, it's weird. The weird thing was Ozil played good. (laughs) That's weird. He played good midweek. Yeah. And the Arsenal fans were upset when they took him off, and he played good again. Man, the guy's such a freaking weirdo. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I'd be I'd love it if he just if if that should be the title the subtitle of your Arsenal moment just <laughs> from now on. Dude's a freaking weirdo. <laughs> Between Emery and Ozil and whoever else. Listen, get out of the fantasy Arsenal business until things are sorted. I don't care if you did own Lacazette. 
or Aubameyang. If you own Aubameyang, great, you, you love it because you got some bonus points this week and he scored. It's probably He's probably going to keep doing that. I'm telling you what, man, until things are sorted, I was happy at least somewhat with this with the lineup that they put out there. And then the substitutions came. Arsenal did play at least better with a with a better sense of urgency this week. But substitutions came that didn't seem seem okay. And next thing you know, they're they're getting a draw again and to a team that they shouldn't be. And I mean look, Wolves is good, but if if anyone watched that match, Arsenal beat them. And I know that on the shot sheet, I was gonna Ryan, say Looking the, at the looking at the bare stats of it, it looks like this was a holy cow. Wolves are this is in form. Wolves twenty they outshot them like twenty five eleven or something like that. But like fourteen shots of, were blocked. Yeah, it, yeah most right. I feel like most it of the I feel like most of the highlights of it are uh, are Arsenal defenders <laughs> sliding and taking a, a shot to the chest, <laughs> that, or sticking a leg out to block a shot. It, just the feel of the game just felt like Arsenal was in control most of the time. And um, look, credit to Wolves. They're a tough team, and, and and they got it done. But it felt it was a draw that felt like a loss if you're an Arsenal fan because it was another lead you gave away. It was another time you blew chances. And then you got a manager, I'm telling you, I don't know. And now, now there's reports that, of all freaking things, Mourinho is meeting with some of the, the brass uh, that'd be a horrible move. <laughs> I mean, beyond horrible move. I, I don't think they'd make it. Um, you need someone. I would love Mikel Arteta. Someone at Mikel Arteta. Let's just start it right now. I Let's just go there. Let's offer him on the break. Fire Emery right right midseason. <laughs> and then see, He's if, not leaving see if Arteta... Mid-season. Dude, he came and interviewed before Emery did. And, and they, they couldn't agree on terms. Uh, he might be able to get his terms this next time, very possibly. I'm just saying, Emery hasn't done horrible, but he's got tools, and he's not... It's sure to a lot of people, it doesn't seem like he's using them properly. And Arsenal's already shown they're not going to have the patience that they had with Wenger. It, you, whoever's in there next is not going to be in there for 18, 20 years. It's going to... It's it's just a, it's a new, new time in sports, and it's just not going to happen much anymore, unless you're really good. But... I thought Emery was going to be the guy. Uh, I think tactically sometimes he's on, but personnel-wise, there's still things he's not getting. And it's just more consistency of that that just makes me think that, Scott, even though you've talked me off the ledge before, I'm Emery out. All right, let me ask you a question. If instead of Emery out, I could guarantee you Xhaka and Ozil out in January – and then your two personnel headaches in the locker room are, are gone. Is it still Emery out, or would you be okay with Emery if he had a Xhaka and Urzelis squad the second half of this season? Man, his starting lineups before, and we need to move on because no one else gives three craps about this except for the four Arsenal fans like me that listen to this. But Emery has, even going back to last year, was starting questionable lineups, and he had to make changes at halftime. True. He hasn't had to make as many changes at halftime this year, but the subs he's bringing in are still questionable. Isn't that progress? They were trailing. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> they were trailing, and he brings in Kolasinitz and a like-for-like for, like for, for tyranny in the 80th minute, and Pepe's sitting there. What are you doing? You know what Pepe has in his bag? The week before, he scored two free kicks in one game. 
And guess what? In the 82nd minute or around there, don't spot check me, Twitter followers. Guendozi goes down right in front of the box, and they have free kick. And guess who's not in there to take it? Pepe. Yeah. And so it's like, come on, man. Like, what are you? What are you doing? What sure. are you doing? Anyways, let's let's well, that's valid. And let's, you know what, Pepe, he could be relevant. He could be relevant in fantasy if he. I mean, he's had some inconsistency when he's too played, expensive. He's too he's expensive. Just, he's got the talent. He also I, now has to play this year. This year, no one's going to own him. His yeah. price will drop, and next year he'll become ownable. That's good. That's true. I'm surprised that Wolves. I, I wish Wolves didn't have the distraction of. I mean, of Europa. See, well, just that they did. They did well here. Jimenez. Jota, I tell you who looked good Jimenez, in the game was well, Jota. I was going to say, Jimenez finishes with eight shots. Jota was all over the place. But Jimenez, it didn't seem like Jimenez was... I don't he, know he's how. In form. I, I feel like that was a fake stat. He's in form right now, It didn't seem Dave. like he was ripping shots. Jota felt like he was yeah, Jota was Jota's 16 touches in the penalty area. He took all five of his shots in the box. Yeah. And yet it's yeah. Raul who has 10, 7, 2, yeah. and 9 in his last I, four. I, I Jota's know. one of the... He's that guy, though. I mean, he was injured there for a bit. Uh, I mean, to me, that's the guy that has the the highest. He 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 can. I feel like his ceiling is uh, infinity right now, based on where his price is. And yeah, if he can, uh, if that's, he can get it rolling, a, that's bold. I, no, I just I just love. I, <laughs> no, he was so good. You know, in the second half of the season last season, and it just hasn't. I I feel like it's almost exclusively Europa League that has you know kind of cut him off a little bit. For here, sure, so. and a lot of the Wolves players. Well, while all this was going on between a couple of uh, top six clubs, we had Sheffield United 3, Burnley 0. Brian. Yeah, man. I thought we knew everything there was to know about the Blades as they get off to, uh, they continue to get off to a hot start this season. Uh-huh. But you're going to you're gonna do a How to Say with Brian J. It's been away for a couple of weeks, but it's back, and I'm very curious to know what you're going to teach us about a particular Sheffield United Blade. You have no idea what you're asking for here. <laughs> you thought you knew and you didn't. <laughs> Foolish mortal. Uh, you want to learn how to say someone's name from Sheffield that we have yet to learn how to say? Uh, yeah. Sure. Can there be music for this? Maybe iTunes has been kind of qua- squashed me a little bit, but there might be something I can do. I feel like for this, how to say the only music that will do it justice is uh, composer Carl Orff's most famous, one of the most truly epic pieces of music ever composed, O Fortuna from the Carmina Burana, uh, from his most famous work. You'll know it uh, as soon as you want to hear it really quick. Yeah, sure. You, you know, everyone knows this song. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It ends like this. Everyone that's epic. Epic. Epic on a level that most things that humans create do not achieve. <laughs> that's true. It's the only music fitting. You can start it. Yes. Whenever we learn how to say this guy's name. <laughs> This week's How to Say was inevitable. Eventually, yes. It has nothing to do with pronunciation. <laughs> this has only to do with respect. Okay. Four pounds as a starting price for a demigod? 
while you mock us with overpriced clown garbage for shame fantasy premier league price setters Shkadrin Mustafi for five and a half pounds Mesut Ozil seven and a half pounds yeah, yeah. Olivier Giroud seven pounds you notice a theme yeah any other Arsenal guys you shame shame upon shame fantasy premier league price setters you would set the price of Hercules at two quid, wouldn't you, you <laughs> craven poltroons? You miscreant dastards, you. Look on his works, ye formerly mighty, and shove them up your butts. Raheem Sterling, puh. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, ugh. Mohamed Salah, What can these gnats say to John the Bladesman? John the Faux Cleaver? He who hews whom he wishes. What does the wheat stalk say to the reaper? What does softened butter say to the butter knife? What does the last of the 2019 inventory say to the price slashing dealership owner? This is no mere man. This superhuman endured the earliest part of his career in the Everton Academy, subjected to oh. short-term contracts that may as well have been paid in slaps to the face. <laughs> now, here he stands, more mountain than man, fueled by the memory of Scott Wiebe saying, eh, he's peaked. <laughs> oh. All FPL majesty is due him, so we kneel in allegiance. We waste our transfers. We tattoo the initials JL on the inner thighs of our legs in remembrance and honor of this season's, and surely all season's greatest player in the history of all players ever playing, John Lundstrom. Lundstrom. Wow. Wow. That was respect. That was respect. Scott, he needs to be tagged. Hopefully we'll the mark the minute hopefully this hopefully second. The, hopefully the <laughs> so song the, is ending. John Lundstrom can hear. That's hopefully funny. the crescendo of the voices is is hitting right at the uh, end. I will as hope. we're saying it. I can only hope. I tried to time it, so we'll see. That I can I can get it right. <laughs> Why do more people own Virgil than own Lundstrom? Uh valid question. He was so close to a hat trick here, too. Yeah. It could have even been better. John Lundstrom, highest scorer in game week 11 with 21 points. You know what's weird, though? 21. Well, something like 16 people triple captained him. That is weird. Um, that was really smart. Yeah, very smart. Um, his price, though, is getting to that point where... You say no? Well, <laughs> <laughs> if you just, don't already own him. Right. If you don't own him... You have missed all of this. He's four eight now, and and you've and that's seen up already from the week, right? And you've seen the weeks where he doesn't get it. And so, what made what made him a stud from the very beginning is you know what everyone pointed out his position and yeah. the, and like we said, he's a four. He was four zero when he first started, and he was playing. And then on top of that, like the bonus of it was he's basically playing as a as a supporting right right behind the front line so yeah it's just getting to that point that dollar amount where it's like if the results don't come in there might be guys cheaper than him pretty soon that you're like i might 
might actually cash in on this. Can I bring something up that's crazy, Brian? Yes, Dave, of course. Take crazier a guess. Than, crazier than what we've just done. Take a guess. <laughs> How many defenders are on Sheffield United that have scored more points than Virgil van Dijk? I would guess every single defender that starts for them. Five. There is six. Whoa. There six? is six defenders. How? That are scoring higher than Virgil van Dijk. Brian... Take a guess on how many Sheffield defenders have scored more fantasy points than Luca Digna. I would guess. Uh, I would guess f- at least four of them. All six. Wow. All six. Stop. Brian, Kyle Walker, Marcus Alonso, Matt Doherty, Eric Peters. Need I go on? Are all guys who have scored less points than six? Six choose you. Of Sheffield defenders. Scott, anyone at this point, and I'm calling myself out and I don't know who I'm going to sell, if you don't own at least two Sheffield defenders at this point, you are stupid. I agree. I went and one of my mottos in life is just don't do stupid stuff. Don't be stupid. Yeah, absolutely. I, I went into the two-blade defender Very good. game this past week. So, so you're there now. I was there. I got Enda Stevens' points and John Lundstrom's points yeah, in this past game week. I like Enda. Now, the Blades play at Tottenham. They host Manchester United. They're at Wolves. And then listen to their next five after that. Newcastle, at Norwich, Aston Villa, at Brighton, Watford. That's pretty good for seven matches in a row. Yeah. I, I will, if it's not this week, because I'm, I'm trying to figure I don't have to make any, any big moves, but Loughton's going to turn into a Sheffield defender. Might as well. And I will say, right now, Jack O'Connell, he has just tipped over the 10 points per pound mark. He's the highest points per pound defender outside of John Lundstrom uh, among the Blades. Enda Stevens is a great choice. He's right behind there. He's a little bit more expensive at five than Jack O'Connell's four and a half. What's amazing to me is that a lot of people are not going into the two Blades defender game right now because none of the none of these other defenders have seen a price change all season besides John Lundstrom. Only John Lundstrom's price has moved. Everyone else is at the four and a half, four four and a half. Five that they were when the season started. You know what's going to change? People buying Sheffield defenders. You got to get a second one right now. Yeah. I, I I get why. I mean, I didn't do it until leading no. into game week eleven. We all got into the Lundstrom business. Some of us later than sooner. But you've got to go to two now. There's there's no doubt about it. And the schedule says that you probably can do it for the next couple of months. Yeah, but it doesn't matter in my opinion. They know what. It it they should have drew Liverpool probably right oh I mean for sure at, Henderson at Howell. Sheffield at Rommel Lane yep right so same thing with Arsenal they they kind of trounce them as well they do not care who you are Chris Wilder has them bucked up ready to get things done and hey ride ride with two of them yeah why not or or Dean Henderson is your goalkeeper yep. absolutely. One of the shock results of the weekend was West Ham 2, already relegated Newcastle 3. You're going to have to change that, Scott. You think so? You don't think they're already relegated Newcastle? They are producing results, slowly but surely. Yeah, I get that. And yet, Dave, I want to direct you to uh, a gentleman who had nothing to do with this match in particular, but uh, is relevant to the uh, argument I'm about to make, which is... uh, 
that man is Timu Puki. Okay, tell me about it. Timu Puki has done nothing for a couple of months now in the Premier League. And I get two months ago when Norwich is is surprising Manchester City with a win. You know, I was the one that you laughed at when I said, Yep, but this is it. It's all downhill from here. Oh yeah. And I held on to that bet. I'm still sticking to that bet sure. of Timu Puki not getting to a dozen goals on the season. It looked foolish then because they'd just beaten Manchester City and they were riding high and they'd gotten some points. Yeah. Doesn't look so crazy now. No, no, it does. It it's, still does. It's, it's less crazy than it was then. No, it's still stupid. You want but, you want me to go back on saying that Newcastle is actually already relegated Newcastle simply because West Ham forgot how to defend set pieces for a day? Oh, I'm just saying that the, the result before that was a 1-1 with, with Wolves. The result before that was... A Chelsea barely winning at Stamford Bridge, one nothing. The result before that was Newcastle beating United. Okay, so I'm just saying, like, there's results that have been popping up against decent teams. And then also, what I, what I would say about Pookie is, after Christmas when the rest of his team gets healthy, mm. yeah, they'll get back on track. This slump has nothing to do with Pookie. It has to do with his teammates mm. okay. and the fact that they don't have any. Sure. <laughs> okay. But Newcastle, yeah, I think you got to walk it back, Scott. Mm. For all those great results, they're still sitting 15th. I still feel good about calling him already relegated Newcastle. And I still feel good about Tamu Puki not getting to a dozen goals. Time will tell if I'm right or if you're right. Fair enough. However, something did happen this past game week for the first time all season. Can I tell you what that one thing is? Um, listen. Tamu Puki is no longer the highest points per pound forward in the league. It's Abraham. Probably. Finally, it's not Tamu Puki. It is somebody else. It is Tammy Abraham. Mm-hmm. He's also been surpassed now by Jamie Vardy and Jordan Ayew. Wow. So, Tamu Puki's not even in the squad. He's not even on the bench in terms of points per pound through 11 game weeks. Wow. Okay. Sliding Tamu Puki. And, uh, okay, sure, they, they bumped up a little bit here, already relegated Newcastle, but they're still sitting down there. It's the best, best possible opponent for them to not be already relegated Newcastle is this particular Hammers team. Uh, one of the worst defensive teams in the Premier League for the entire season and now winless in five straight. So I can't remember. Did something really big happen to West Ham five matches ago? Hmm. Was there something that happened to them <laughs> that was major... That would help them to concede ten goals in the last five games. I can't remember. Either way, um, <laughs> I think they're just a goalkeeper, right, Brian? They are the worst in the Premier League for expected goals. Uh, stats bomb. If you ever get to the uh, website, stats bomb. Grace Robertson had a good article about this about a week ago, a little over a week ago. A lot of their, and even a lot of their success. She talks about it in that article. A lot of the success that they had was was players from the opposing teams not finishing well. Wow. So like kind of like they were even they could have been even worse than they were. The you know their spot in the table was looking a lot better than uh than what it actually was. But either way, uh they are not they're at the point now uh Fabian Balbuena, goal scorer here for West Ham. Right. He's in there in place of Angelo Agbana. I wasn't sure if that was a if that was injury related, it's not. It's just tactical. Wow. It's Pellegrini saying, "I wanted to give Balbuena another chance to kind of prove himself." Um, 
I'm not sure what you take away from this if you're Pellegrini because he scores a goal, but you also conceded three uh, at home to Newcastle, a team that uh, it's, was having trouble scoring one for a while this season. No manager seemed more clueless about what to do with his club's results from the past game week than Manuel Pellegrini. He even said as much after the match. I don't know what happened. I don't know what what we did out there. Yeah, kind of. A it's weird. Fascinating. Fi- fascinating response. And it's and I know we were trying. You know, I I said it. You know, I I felt like we all kind of saw it, like the eye test of it for Yarmolenko, and I still think he's the most important guy for them. But uh, I believe he subbed off early here, or did not play. Uh, did not play the full match at least. And I just feel like with, I mean, the informed guy for them is Robert Snodgrass. It's this true. is two two matches in a row for Snodgrass. Pellegrini's talking about Crazy. what a what an important guy he's been for them. You know, kind of how he can get into those good positions. But man, not good at all for West Ham. And Brian, you mentioned uh, a guy briefly last week in the Newcastle defense. He he also had a second straight week of returns. I'm talking about Federico Fernandez. This Man. is chasing this is chasing points, right? Don't go out and get him just because he's had two good weeks in yeah, a row. Yeah, it's Fabian Share. He's in there in place of Share. So uh-huh. if you if you think Federico Fernandez, who did not get a spot this entire season, if you think that he has done enough to have supplanted Fabian Share then go ahead, by all means, add him to your team. I do not think that that's true. If you do that, you're a dumb idiot. Before we leave this match, this West Ham-Newcastle match, I do want to take a moment and give the Chris Wilder manager quote of the week. It's going to go to Steve it's Bruce. Back. No, uh, it's going to Steve Bruce. Uh, it's just named after Chris Wilder sure, okay, right. at this point. Yes. But the Chris Wilder manager quote of the week is going to go to Steve Bruce. Okay. So obviously Newcastle gets the win here, right? Everybody's happy. Everything, everyone's good to go on board the Newcastle bandwagon, right? Mm-hmm. All right, well, here's what Steve Bruce had to say about this match. I'm going to try and enjoy it, and hopefully in time, with results. The fans will get behind me as much as they did Rafa. That would be nice. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, that would be nice Of course that would be nice. Fascinating. What in the world? See, even the fans think they're already relegated Newcastle. All right, let's skip ahead to Watford 1, Chelsea 2. Now, Dave, last week you had kind of a spontaneous take, a hot take, as Brian called it, about our American wonder kid, Christian Pulisic. You referred, we were talking about chasing form versus chasing points. Right. Chasing form being the thing that you want to do in fantasy. Correct. Chasing points, as we just discussed with Federico Fernandez, not the thing you want to do. Yes. Christian Pulisic scored again. Yes, he did. You said he was chasing points, not chasing form. Do you still stand by those words, David Smith? I think I said if he does it again, now I have to pay attention. Are you paying attention? Yeah. Absolutely. He got I already sec- bought him. <laughs> I don't no, normally yes, I haven't, but I mean it's a it's it's a tough go right now in my midfield. I already have his teammate, so then I gotta figure out Which teammate? Mount. I still have Mount. Sure. And and Mount got Mount looked good in this game again. Now granted he got his lowest point total of the year with one point, right? But it's not like I mean in the last five he's had two assists and a goal in his last five matches. So he's been around doing things. It might not be as much. He hasn't had a hat trick. But look, Pulisic in the last two games has had four goals. And I think the most important thing 
other than scoring a goal, and goals are obviously important, is that he started now two matches in a row. And mm-hmm. I said this with Abraham when I thought it was a timeshare in the beginning of the year. Once Abraham started multiple games in a row, I said, I think this is it. And now, Brian, do you agree? You think yeah. Pulisic is a starter, right? I think he has done enough to keep himself in there. I agree. And we, I mean, like we said with, with Hudson Odoi, what did Hudson Odoi do to lose the spot? The only thing he didn't do was not score a hat trick on his debut. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I just... And or follow that up with another goal. Frank Lampard named Hudson Odoi, uh, Pedro Willian, and Pulisic as the guys who are all kind of competing for that same spot. So I think they were all kind of on, on notice. I mean, they know they're, they know they're fighting for a playing time. They know they're... They know they have to fight for those spots. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you could possibly take him out. Not not now. And, and yes, you could look at the fact that, oh, it, well, it's Burnley and Watford, right? That's what you're thinking, right, Scott? I know you are. I like Christian Pulisic. We need him in the U.S. men's national team. We need him to be good. If you want to get him now, his price continues to go up, and it's now at a 7-3. Yep. So, I think he started the year 7-5. had dipped all the way down. It's a 7-1. To seven one and yep. is is gone from seven two last week and is now has gone up again. Yep. So people people are buying him. I think he's come into teams one hundred twenty six thousand times. So mm. there's, there's a reason why his his price continues to Goes move up. up. Yeah, absolutely. Now there was another VAR incident late in this match. It actually contributed to a tense finish in this match. Ben Foster nearly leveled the match in the final play of the match. Uh, Unreal. That would have been amazing, Ben Foster. But it happened because a penalty was called. Gerard De La Feu drew Mm -hmm. a penalty and then scored the ensuing penalty kick. The tricky thing about this was that De La Feu looked like he was kicked in the shin, basically, and then kept going for a step and then went down. That's essentially what happened there. Right. He tried to play on. Then it took he went a second down. for the nerves to get there. He was moving so fast, Scott, <laughs> that that he went down as soon as he felt it. But he was just so fast. We talk all the time about how player reactions to contact generally are what contribute to calls or not, right? Yeah, whether that's it be fair. whether it be a penalty, a yeah. foul, yeah. or simulation on the other side of things. Right. Here's a play where De La Feu was fouled. He was fouled, and he he went through it. And then fell down. And I don't know exactly how I feel about that, but I, I do know one thing. I was listening to the commentary as I was watching this, and this is the United States, you know, NBC Sports commentary. And uh, I can't remember, was it Lee Dixon or Graham Lasso? I'm pretty sure it was Lee Dixon in this particular match, uh, working alongside Arlo White. And as, as the VAR review is going on, Lee Dixon says, if this is a foul, if this is a penalty, then the game is lost. Then, then it's it's basically it's, it's there's no more hope anymore. Right. This is done. I mean, he went to an extreme. And then, sure. of course, the penalty was called. Goal was scored, and uh, and it became interesting. And, and he was just at a complete loss for words. Everyone in the NBC Sports, you know, commentary uh, team, you know, back in the studio post match, they're all speaking about how, you know, they didn't think this was, uh, a, you know, a penalty either. I just don't understand. I don't understand. De I'm tired of talking was, about it. De La Faye was fouled. Just because he didn't flop down to the ground. Right. Number one, if he had flopped poorly, he probably would have gotten a yellow for simulation. Well, that's what happened to, I was going to say, is what happened to Son in the Everton match. Yes. Son. He cle- flopped poorly. Son clearly got kicked. 
He waited a beat before he went down. Well, and he threw his arms in the air as he and went then, down. And then he flailed a bit. Yes. So he made it look dumb. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Con- and he got not, penalized. Not convincing enough of Correct. a flop. Correct. Right. Here's a situation where uh, I'm just... I'm 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 tired. I know we're not going to talk about this for long, Dave. I promise. I'm just tired well, of. It's just like this. We keep talking about the same stuff. The onus being on the forward, on on the f- offensive players, right? I'm tired of the onus being on them to sell it to us right, so that we feel good about the calls that are made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Salah can flop well, so he gets the calls, and 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 we're okay with that. Son didn't. Others don't. Richarlison doesn't. Richarlison again proving my point. If there's someone laying on the ground in the Everton match, it's, 99 times out of 100, uh, it is Richarlison. That, I was annoyed. That guy, that guy is that guy. annoying. Yes. Yeah, he is annoying. Wow. But here's a play where it was a foul, and De La Feu, if he hadn't gone down, he would have been penalized for not going down by not getting the call. I'm yeah. convinced. Yeah, and I know. I'm tired of that being the being the way that, that calls have to be made is based on how players are affected. More on that in a second as we get to Andre Gomez. All right, transitioning now into the Sunday matches. Crystal Palace nil, Leicester 2. We already discussed our Junger's goal and how Mm -hmm. ridiculous that was. Jamie Vardy scores again. This guy is about as in form as you can get. Got to own him. If you don't own him, then you are stupid. (laughs) That's what I say. He is... Owned by 26.8% of owners. I will yeah. let you know, Dave, I have joined that 26.8% already. Smart move. He is now up to a 9.4. Yeah. Pretty and high. He went up three tenths in the last week. Yeah. So he went about as fast as he's going as fast as you can go. Uh, three weeks ago when they played Burnley, he was a 9.0, Scott. And if you've waited that entire time, and I've waited some of that time, you have missed it. Dave, he scored half of his points this season and an 8-9. Yeah, I, that's the part that's, that, I mean, I got him at 9. I owned him I, at 9 to start the season. I sold him when he was at 8-9. Yeah. And now I'm back on him at 9-4. Yeah. That, it's crazy. That, it's not the best business, Scott. Listen. I'm I, aware, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you rubbing it in his face? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I just think... Uh, it's really difficult because as he was dropping, I mean, he he did have some... There were a couple times where it looked like, I mean, he did not have the performance to go with. I mean, it's exactly the kind of red flags you look for. Either no shots or hardly any involvement or whatever. Well... He's done that. And we, you know, I think that's been pointed out plenty of times. We talked about it multiple times on, on here. Just... You know how, what he's never how had, though? Few, how few touches and how few times he actually has the ball at his feet. He just doesn't, he just doesn't need it. You know he, what he has the different... and that's a, and This match is a perfect example of how much different and better he is despite the number of touches, despite the number of shots compared to the guys we just talked about last week with them, Yuri Tielemans and Iosi Perez. Do you know what he doesn't have? What? More than two weeks without giving you something. Start off the season, nothing, nothing, goal. Are you worried at all about... Then two goals. Are you nothing, nothing, then 12. They play Arsenal at home next week. Yeah, Vardy always scores against them. Again, the idiotic color-coding system still has Arsenal as a red-rated matchup. And anyone who knows anything about the Premier League knows that's silly. Leicester will be favored in that match. They probably will be. They should be. They're hosting Arsenal. They They should be favored in that match. There's no doubt. 
I would favor them at Arsenal. <laughs> right now, it's hard to, yes. it's hard to After that, if you care about color coding, Brighton, Everton, Watford, Villa, Norwich. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. Um, and then City, Liverpool, back-to-back. But you can get through that. Yeah, that, that is so far away to me. By then, you will have clarity about what, what to do. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not saying, again, don't own them. Telemans and Perez combined for one shot. I know. Freaking Telemans. Telemans had... He's just, but he was coming off a 9-11. and 11. I'm going to... Telemans had one touch in the penalty area. One touch in the box, and it was his shot. Iozzi Perez was more active in there. He, t- he touched the ball six times in the in the box. Telemans was very Zero active shot. in the offense, though. Like he was all sure. around the play. Yes, and he is still he still Didn't is. Did he have a, the hockey assist? He may have on the. Uh, he on may the have Vardy had it goal. on the Vardy goal. Definitely yeah. not on the on the right Soyuncu goal. James Madison still the guy here. And the the thing that kills me about James Madison is it doesn't you're so, show in fantasy though. We did today seven two eight nine, nine and he points. had all three bonus points here. So to me, Madison clearly still one of the most creative players in the Premier League. Well, and, eight, and, eight key passes. So eight he created eight chances here. That's fair. So, in, in his last four matches, seven two eight and nine. I, can't, I think I can't wait till he listens. If I remember right. Did someone give those exact I just scores? Did. If I remember right, James Madison has had a seven, a two, an eight, and a nine, I think, <laughs> in his last four. So, I mean, it's really the kind of numbers you you sure. like the consistency. Yeah, sure. You, yeah. you yeah. hate that too, but you know, you're going to get that. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I look. Every every Leicester City player is going to have a green arrow. On they're their, all going on their up purchase pr- prices. All going every single price. guy. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to have it. Harvey Barnes again, except Dennis I, Pratt. I, I, yeah, Dennis Pratt's yes, gone that's down. That's the only guy. Wilfred yeah. Ndidi, not so much. Yeah, but um, everyone who's anyone is going. I, up I wouldn't price. be surprised if Damari Gray gets a little bit of love this week, despite what six minutes or however long he played. Doesn't matter. Johnny I, Evans has gone up in price. That's yeah. how much everyone's loving Leicester right now. Yeah, how can you not? On the other side of the pitch, uh, Dave, you want to give away the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award to one of Christian Benteke's current teammates, I believe. Tell us about this. Is Jordan, it Martin Kelly? This is Jordan Knight. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> it wasn't Martin Kelly. I know you were hoping for that. You can't give it to someone who's not on the pitch. Oh. Man. That's not how that segment works. Daggone it. Jordan Ayew, I'm sorry, my friend. You still are the best value striker out there. True. Uh, at a 5-0, but this week, my friend, you have earned the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award as you had multiple chances in front of goal and in the box to make a difference in this match, and you blew it. They weren't complete sitters. I'll cut you a little slack there, but they were wasteful. I do want to give honorable mention to somebody else. Okay. Fred. Fred had a decent chance, and he's Fred. He's like the Jordan Ayew of Manchester United. Fred's the worst signing United's ever had. Ooh, uh, I don't know about ever. Maybe. But uh, recent recent history, Maybe. I'll, I'll grant you that. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I just but don't... Your, point, your point's good. Jordan Ayew, he did miss some chances. I don't know how much longer they can go on the... I mean, the, the offense for Crystal Palace seems to be hope that Zaha can draw a penalty. That, I mean, that, it just is... Uh, some days that works. Uh, n- nine times out of 38 
games that seems to work, but for whatever reason, scoring goals for them is just uh, it just is difficult. It continues True. to be difficult. And yet, for all their troubles, uh, Brian, guess where they're at in the Premier League table? Currently? They are twenty uh, second. Okay, and Dave, what's your guess? For who? Crystal Palace. <laughs> where are they in the table? Yeah, um, I think they're. They might be in the. They're not in the top ten. What What'd you say, Brian? I said twenty second. Yeah. Pretty Helpful. sure I can beat that. Eleventh? Right. I'll go eleventh. They're ninth. They're ninth. They're so above I was you. right. So I was right. They are top ten. They are above United and Spurs currently. Which so you're right, Brian. I mean, their offense isn't great, and yeah. their their superstar is not really their superstar right now. Yeah, uh, he's just another guy out there for them. But they're getting results. But they're getting results. They're getting results. We'll see how long that continues to last. All right, I want to talk about Everton Spurs, and uh, the big story coming out of this is what happened towards the end, right? The Andre Gomez injury. I want to focus on the Gomez injury from a fantasy perspective. Brian, two weeks ago, you gave stats about how good Everton were with Andre Gomez versus how poorly they were without him. Yes. They're now facing the prospect of not having him probably for the rest of the season, probably for most of next season. Tell me why I am overreacting when I say that Everton is now in relegation threat. I think they still have, uh, I think their defensive quality is still mid-table. I think losing Bernard and Andre Gomez in back-to-back weeks is bad. It's real bad. Um, Not like Bernard did a ton, a ton for them, but he's... I think he's better than, oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you would trust him more a lot of the time than you do Theo Walcott. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. the, whoever, like, because he was playing up front. He's playing basically as, you know, he's playing on the left wing, I think, you know. But they still have the players. I, I just, I mean, I just wonder. It's just this, I feel like it's kind of the same with, as it is with Crystal Palace. Like, where they, they haven't really ever hit a stride here offensively. And I just don't know where goal... I mean, it's the same question I had in a way at the beginning of the season. Where are the goals going to come from? Which of these clowns is going to come up with goals at some point? Because Richarlison's not doing it. No. They, it will be looked like, for one match, it looked like he might be the spark plug they need. Listen, Brian. Get, only Harry Kane so far has proven that he can score goals lying down. I don't think Richarlison can. No, Richarlison, it's really difficult to kick a to kick a ball when you're laying on the ground holding your face. That's right. Regardless of where you were uh, hit. Scott, I think your point, though, is you're saying Andre Gomez is a huge part of their defense. He right? was their catalyst. And especially since he's come back, their defense started becoming relevant again. Now that he's gone, and he's gone for the rest of the year, if anyone who saw that, any, any type of replay or anything else, he's done. He is done for the year. We're hoping, and then I'm not being funny here, that, that this yeah, is comes not, back. yes, yeah. that this isn't a career-ending injury. Yeah. It was that bad. I want to make fantasy as simple as possible for myself and for those listeners out there that I like. Sure. So you already said get out of the Arsenal business for yeah. now. I'm going to say get out of the Everton business for now. Yeah. Until they can show that yeah. they can do something good without Andre Gomez, which now they're going to have to do. I'm staying out of the Everton business anywhere on the pitch. So, you know, they're 17th place right now. I'm convinced that 
Everton's about to join already relegated Newcastle down in the bottom three well, in the next in the next couple of months. So they've got. I mean, if they really want to avoid relegation, they they're gonna. I mean, it's relegation six pointers for the next two weeks. Saints at, and at Norwich. New, uh, yeah, at Southampton and then Norwich at home. Yeah. I mean, several weeks ago, and I think, and I think even now, you'd look at that and say they should, they should win both of those. Do you see that stretch of matches they have coming up after that? It is not good, and it starts with at Leicester City, at Leicester, at Liverpool, Chelsea, at United, Arsenal. Hey, look, I just just did a quick scan through. The only significant players that that are selected by any teams Pickford at eight percent and Dini at 18 no one else is really yeah I, any, and so hilarious and that's why this this week I you know I I did want to get I doubled up on you know I said last week I doubled up on Leicester City so I had Pereira and Chilwell in my defense this week I would have done just as good to keep Dina as I did to get Chilwell so I mean that's luck he you know that you know to get the assist on the I feel like the Tosun goal could have been, you know, it was almost like it, it looked like Calvert Lewin put it in there for a second, right? So yeah, the fact that Dina gets the assist, I mean, he has been. Yeah, we. I feel like we said that he has been creative. He's he has still been good in the kind of the underlying stats, but Everton as a as a whole defensively have just been not good yeah, at yeah, all. Absolutely, yeah. Sun gets the red card here. Uh, I know there's some controversy about whether or not it should have been Sun or Rea. Essentially, Sun started, Rea finished. Sun gets the red card. I think and it's he's just, sent off. I think it's just not luck. It's just bad luck. Yeah. Both, uh, that, if, both were clear. The injury like, was like, bad luck. The, the injury was. The, that's why I'm the, saying the red card but, is insane. Right. The it, it that, was a and like everyone said, Atkinson gave him a yellow. Yeah, and then. After he, he gets talked into it by Everton players who are right who, there, and who also did not know what happened, they didn't know. Right, no one knew what They're happened. They're going bananas. They thought Sun came in and did this and really crushed him. And you look in the replay; it's almost tough to see where he makes contact with him. And but he definitely makes him lose his balance. And then as he's trying to going as he's going to ground to to gather the ball, Rea comes in and his ankle goes. That way, it's not supposed to. Yeah, it's it, it's the that like everyone said. If son that, is son is is beside himself, hands in his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crying. He is sobbing. And I think the reaction of the of the Everton players show that they they have a very clear understanding of Pickford what, had what to happened. run up and calm hothead Dina and hothead Tosun down. And ironically, yeah. those are the two guys that got them the goal later. But it's horribly unfair to Spurs. To have them play the rest of that game with 10 men because Sun got a red card on that, that's bull. And this is another thing. If VAR can look at yellow cards to see if they need to be red, maybe they need to be looking at red cards to see if they needed to be red. And I don't know. They, they didn't put a VAR red card thing up on the screen, at least not that I saw. But if, if, they, if, if someone in the booth looked at that and said, Sun needs a red card, straight red, that's insane. Yeah, I just, I mean, like everyone said. The FA it, needs it, to that, look at that. that. I'm serious, it's horrible. Stopping a breakaway, get, you know, clipping somebody to, to stop them from advancing in that situation, that happens every match. The fact that it, it happened the way it did, I mean, you're judging, you know, you're judging the player on the end result. And I just... I, yeah, just yeah. not not great. But at this point, uh, do we 
you want to be in the Spurs business right now, Brian? No, I don't. I got out of the Spurs business entirely. There is part of me, because the, the schedule is nice, I just don't trust them enough to want to get in there. But Sheffield, West Ham, Bournemouth in their next three, I mean, this is the kind of stuff where you would have wanted them last season. Like last, like la- even last spring, you would have looked at that and said, "Like I'm gonna triple up on these guys." And now I'm like, eh, "It's not that great." Yeah. No. Uh, Aria still gets; he's getting in there, and since he's not being punished here, his <laughs> price now is uh, four point eight, and he still is doing the doing the work. So, true. I don't know; it's not good. All right. Well, that's our tour through the matches and all the uh, FPL and uh, just general Premier League storylines coming from those matches. Let's go through the Dream Team real quick. We've discussed a lot of these guys already. Highest scoring goalkeeper is Aaron Ramsdale of Bournemouth. I'm already on record as saying no matter what you think about Bournemouth defense moving forward outside Diego Rico, Ramsdale's worth a look. Five defenders made the Dream Team. Obviously John Lundstrom or uh, what was it? The uh, Faux Cleaver or something? <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, John Lundstrom Highest scorer in all of the Premier League in FPL with 21 points. So Yunger scores 14. We discussed Adam Smith of Bournemouth already with his 12. Two defenders we have not talked much about. Kyle Walker at City and uh, Montoya at Brighton also making the dream. So Kyle Walker, I don't know how, I don't know what kind of, whatever the fluidity there is with, with Manchester City defenders. I don't know how you touch any of them. Uh, obviously, they had an yeah, eye. They had an from eye ben on. Mendy. Well, they had. I, I, that's the one guy that I was like, all the talk about Mendy and how he had been in there and stay, and consistently starting, and clearly they had an eye here on midweek, and they had another. They have one eye on Atalanta mm-hmm. a, entering this weekend, and they have the other eye on Liverpool. That's is right. where they had it. That's right. So, don't have to play Mendy if you don't if you don't need to, and uh, and we'll just skate by here. And so. they did skate by, just like Liverpool. They, yeah. they snuck this one out late. Uh, Brighton, uh, I'm sorry, but this just in, Brighton is not that bad. In fact, they're fun to watch. They're eighth place Brighton, gents. Yeah, and I have to agree, Norwich can have the Trash Bird. Uh, what? The title of Trash Birds. Well, Aaron said it. You're, <laughs> it's, it's true. League Aaron uh, has suggested that, and he's absolutely right. Norwich is the worst bird in the in the league. True. And there's not a really close second right now. No, Brighton. I, I, and they're playing very optimistically. What's this is wrong not, with you? This is not Chris Hewton's Brighton. Uh, look, I've been... Doesn't a, matter. This I, is Graham it's Potter's Brighton. It's freaking trash bird. No. Oh, I have no, been. No. I have been so. Where's mad. the animosity, Brian? I can't. I look. I can't be mad about it. Who are you? <laughs> Look, what kind Pascal, of deal with the devil have you made? Pascal Gross gave me five bucks. <laughs> no, uh, look, it's just the it's just the numbers. You see it. Norwich sucks. They are so bad, and unless they figure something out, they are going to finish the year with minus points. <laughs> they are so awful. Yeah, Dave, minus points. Hey, Norwich. look. Norwich was hanging on here until one guy came onto the pitch. It's the same guy that changed the game against Everton last week. Leandro Trossard, right? Yes. Yeah, he also made the dream team in the midfield. In 31 minutes. Yeah. He made the dream team in 31 minutes. That's the one thing about that guy right now that it's 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 tough to trust. Are you owning him? Maybe. I, 
I am not. In in you saying it's tough to trust, it's kind of probably your answer, right? Maybe. So okay. Here. Well, Dave, let me ask you that. Oh no, I'm not going to ask you because I know what you're going to say. This is the question. Yeah. Trossard or Cantwell? Oh my gosh, I would do Trossard in a heartbeat if I had the money to do that, and it's not even close. I would take the the potential of Trossard over the existence. I that was. That was Trossard's five eight. One, it's it's a giant jump. It's a whole pound dollar more. Right, it's a big jump. If you're if you're talking about Trossard or you know because he's six, I it, think it, or okay, five okay, eight or okay. yeah, five, eight. five eight. Yeah, so he's dropped a little bit since he started. Brian, Mope, or Pookie. I sold Timu Pookie weeks ago, so right now I have to say Mope. Listen, here's what I was going to say about Trossard. Both matches, so the last two weeks, he's replaced Pascal Gross. In the three matches he played weeks two through four, he was replaced, oh, the last one, week four, he was replaced by Pascal Gross. I'm not exactly sure. I know part of it has to be uh, adjustment to the Premier League. I know part of it has to be he is coming off of a, a pretty big hamstring injury. They have to. There is preservation that I'm sure is in this. That's the reason why I... like. 31 minutes against Everton at the end, like, okay, fine. If he's going to be a change-of-pace guy, Adama Traore can be a change-of-pace guy. That was what he was doing, and every time he had a good game, everyone all jumped on him, and then it just fizzled. So we just haven't seen anything from him. And it's not like he's going to replace Pascal Gross, because Pascal Gross is still, he's, he's in the top five creative players in the Premier League. Pascal Gross is quietly having one of the best creative seasons of anyone this season. Yeah. So mm. he's not. That's what I. I just wonder how the usage is going to be. I really it's, what Trossard does is obviously really strong, but again, it's not a lot of minutes in the last two weeks, and it was against Norwich, and it was, and they had to pull out a two nil win in the last thirty minutes against Norwich. So. I get it. They're they're playing like a club that's going to finish thirteenth on the table. That's what they're playing like. But but honestly, you would take that as a Brighton fan after last season. And, yes. And they're doing it in a very optimistic way. Mm-hmm. Mope, Connolly, Trossard, Gross. These are attacking players who yeah. are fun to watch, and they're doing it in a, in a really fun way. Like I said, it's it's really cool to see. Uh, and, and, by the way, they've got a very stable defense as well. Once you get past the Sheffield United defenders. You know, it doesn't take long to get to Lewis Dunk. He's very high value so far this season as well, like usual. They've got some key players in key places, and they've got a manager who's making life fun for them all. He's a he's a player manager in the sense that I mean, like he's a guy who relates really well to his players. And I really you, you you love that. You love that. You talk about mojo sometimes, Dave. Yeah. Brighton's got good mojo. They're not great. They're not great. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not overselling them here, but they're not terrible. They're not trash. They're not trash at all. But they are the trash. Uh, Montoya makes anymore. the Montoya makes the the team of the week. But this was by far the best game he's had this season. That's that's a guy that I would say nah, don't chase the points. I, I'm yeah. shrugging at that. Joining Trossard in the midfield for the dream team was Sadio Mane, and then uh, John Fleck, Sheffield United. Should have should have put Fleck in the in the. Uh, sports casting team. Well, right? I, yeah, maybe seriously. maybe he makes it this week. I don't um, know. It's all a guess. Mousset <laughs> up front also made the dream team for Sheffield United. He joins Tammy Abraham. Hat trick of assists for that kid. 
Yeah, and he's been he's played well whenever he's out there. I I think the the fear with him was the rotation with uh, McGoldrick and um, Sharp. No, not Billy Sharp. It's the McBurney. other Mc, yeah. well, McBurney. So McBurney, McGoldrick, and uh, Callum Robinson. Where the Callum Robinson was up there, even though he's listed as a midfielder. But now um, Musay's been in there. I think he's. I mean, he's been strong. He's been in form, and he's, right. and he's cheap. So now he's at a four nine. Yeah. His last three weeks, six, seven, thirteen. Is he a better own than Jordan Ayu? If you want consistent minutes, no. But right now, for the money, yeah, he's better. Well, that's not an that's not a helpful answer. I know. Obviously, I'd stick with he, Jordan Ayu if I had him. So fifty five, twenty seven, and sixty four. Those are his minute numbers in the last three weeks. No, I'd stick with Jordan Ayu if I had him. Yeah, I I think so too. But that, I think the ceiling's higher. Uh, than the, I. Uh, Connelly, those scores are surprising to me. Connolly from Brighton is the guy that I think is the the competitor there. Because his Connelly, price went up a tenth before. Yeah, this and Connolly's getting Connolly's getting more minutes, not less. So that's the thing with Connolly that I, I there's but Dave, that's there's another Brighton player. Yeah, sure, yeah, trash yeah. All right, Dave, the masses want to know. Holy crap! The, the the pressure now is starting to really. Well, turn. two weeks in a row, you've beaten the average, or you've beaten something, with just a random guest team, which is ridiculous and it just undermines everything that we've been doing for the last three years in this podcast. But that's fine. It's whatever. We'll keep going with it. So uh, I, I wish we could do this even more random, where we just choose one of the drop-down menu things and then and then pick by page and right. say like, "All right, this week, sports guessing says you're going to you're going to pick on the pages based on bonus point system." Right, <laughs> right. Come up with a more random way than just scrolling through and well, I see. Pops off to you, even though his numbers haven't been great, I see that. Wilfred and Didi has had an excellent bonus point system year. He makes the team. Sure. Yeah. No, no doubt. I don't want to keep dragging Wilfred no and Didi into this podcast. Hey. You do, though. Sports. Sports. Guess, guess, guessing. Let's do this right now. Let's do this right now. All right. You know who gets back on the score sheet this week? No. Aaron Juan Basaka. Whoa. You are going to want to own him this week. You say why? I say why not? <laughs> right. <That's> the... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Who's next? Um, Kurt Zuma. Kurt Zuma uh, is gonna find a way back on. He's back in the lineup. Yeah, you're... I don't know. He shouldn't be, but he is. You're I doing <laughs> so. Wait, so you're doing a four-four-two here? Yeah, is we'll, that what we're doing? we'll okay. stick with a four-four-two. Okay, Kurt, I like that choice. Go ahead. All right, you should never in a million years do what I'm about to tell you to do, but. Go with Johnny this week, Brian. John, okay. Go with That's Johnny. a good choice. I don't know why. These are all good choices I don't so know far. why. Go with Johnny. Okay. I want to I want to go with a Matt Target. We'll scroll over to the first page because we're not – that's too obvious, right? So first page, we will go with – we'll go with David Luiz. Why not? Oh, yeah. Go okay. with David Luiz because that on the surface just seems stupid. Yeah. Okay? Sure does. All right. Miss Midfield, here we go. You, re- Scott, are you ready for this? I'm ready. By the way, that was like the most well-known defense that nobody owned. So well done. Well done. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to just be random. Yep. All right. Scott. Yeah. This week in the midfield, you're thinking to yourself, why would I ever own that guy? Uh huh. Davy Proper. 
Davy Proper. Gonna get all on the, the bright players uh, we just discussed. Okay. Gonna get on the score sheet this week. <laughs> yep. Hey, you know what else? You're trying to lose. Now. This might not be a horrible thing though, but yeah. I, we haven't mentioned his name, and he started today. Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora next week. Okay. I don't even know who the Spurs are playing. He'll get on the score sheet. Someone good. Let's see. Uh, we're rolling that dice, rolling that. Nathan Redmond. Why not? Nathan Redmond next okay. week. Okay. I still like Nathan yeah. Redmond. Everyone likes Nathan Redmond yeah. in real life. He's terrible for fantasy, but yeah, it's, I like the choice. Many, do I have uh, one, more yeah, one, one, one more midfielder? Yeah, one We got one more midfielder. And uh, so, you know what? Let's go with this is going to sound silly. Of course it is. Sillier I mean, than anything sillier yet. than silly. You're still going to beat the average. Sillier than silly. We will go with Riyad Mahrez. He shouldn't even be starting for them against Liverpool. Yeah. He'll start there and is, somehow do something. He might score a goal. There so is no way he's playing against Liverpool. I agree. I agree. But guess what? Brian is sports guessing. It's a good guess. All right. Are and we I, on the forwards? And I respect it. Uh, two forwards. <laughs> two forwards. Oh, the pressure. Gosh, the pressure. Jay Rodriguez. There's no reason to own him next week. Jay Rodriguez will, will find a way to score. And um, let's go with uh, Callum Wilson gets back on the score sheet. Sports guessing. That's right. Who's your goalkeeper, Dave? Goalkeeper. Hmm. Goalkeeper. Okay. Um, you had a chance two weeks ago to make Tim Krull your all-time goalkeeper, and you spurned it. Hey, you know who you shouldn't take this week? Roberto. West Ham. <laughs> you shouldn't yeah. take it. Well, you know a, what? This is sports guessing. Is so of course you just take Roberto. <laughs> the worst possible choice. <laughs> but I respect, again, your, all of your team, decisions. If that team beats the average next week, I'm telling you, Scott. We're quit. Just, we quit. Just stop. We're done. That that it has less of a chance than the than the random team. I and I tried to I tried to do it bad. <laughs> I I did. I mean, if it's not obvious, I tried to do it bad. Mares probably won't even play. Anyways, well, all right. I'm just telling you, I'm week to week on this FPL thing. I know, I know. One good week doesn't mean I'm all the way in again. Scott, where can people find us? Our website, fantasysoccerfc.com. If hey. you missed it last week, it was late. But if you missed it. Brian's one big stat column is definitely worth the read right before you finalize your lineups for the new game week. And go read it because there's probably something still worth it that you need to know for this week. Just because it came out last week doesn't mean it's not relevant for this week. I promise you. It's also really funny. It's just funny. Yeah. Brian's a funny guy. I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast knows Brian's a funny guy. He hates that right now. Twitter, Facebook, (laughs) Patreon, Instagram. Scott, hold on. In in our final segment, Brian wants one more thing to say. One more thing. This is one of the toughest, because of the Liverpool-Manchester City matchup, this is one of the tougher, what are you going to do with your captains this week? Okay. I don't think it's as cut and dry as it was this past week. What are you guys doing with your captains this week? I actually already know that answer. Okay, I'd love to hear it. Tammy Abraham hosting City. Or, I'm sorry, hosting Palace. Okay, that's not a bad choice. If I, if I get... Um, Jorginho's suspended for that match. Yeah. I don't know how much that's going to bother them because Jorginho's so uh, important for what they do uh, behind the ball. So that's why I wonder what's going to matter... Sure. If that's going to affect them, Vardy, I, it shouldn't. They're still blast, though. By the way, just before I go any further, I've already done a double transfer. I took a negative four prior to the podcast. 
I sent Cantwell and Firmino out for McGinn and Vardy. Had a had point nine in the bank. It was just enough. I have nothing left in my bank now. So Vardy and McGinn are in my lineup. I'm I'll probably vice captain Vardy, hosting Arsenal. I I might do the same too, but but swap them, Scott. I might do Vardy home to Arsenal. So uh, I just don't trust Arsenal at all. It's hard because the the form guys. I feel like I was going to say I feel like this is a good time to choose based on form. Uh and I I still kind of want to go with Mane even though I I just feel like the the guys from since you said, I mean Scott, you're right. I mean, I feel like there are goals here for Liverpool That's and true. City. So I don't know that it I I feel like it's not going to look as good just because that it's such a tense the build-up for this is just getting enormous. I probably won't pick Sterling because I feel like Sterling never does well against Liverpool. But his teammates, on the other hand... True. I mean, if Aguero scores a goal and you captain him, and that very well could happen, especially if it ends up being 3-3 or something like that, Aguero probably, possibly, will score one of those goals. If you captain him, you're going to be okay with that. So, yeah, you don't necessarily have to run away from City or Liverpool uh, you know, Mane and Aguero would absolutely be okay captain's choices, even though the two clubs are playing each other. It's weird how safe Jamie Vardy feels all of a sudden. Oh yeah, uh, as a captain choice. Um, if I had him, uh, just a guy. Might uh, this will show up this week in the big stat? Uh, Chris Wood has scored five goals in the last four matches that he's played against West Ham. If Chris Wood is back, which he hopefully will be, uh, hardly anyone has missed a striker or an attacking player in the last few weeks, the last couple of weeks as uh, Burnley has missed Chris Wood. If you have Chris Wood, if you stuck with him for whatever reason, that's a form guy already uh, prior to the injury, and he has history with West Ham. Him, so. He single-handedly could derail the sports guessing team as if he plays Jay Rodriguez, probably doesn't. Yes, that's exactly right. And then right, he Dave. also could score on my sports guessing goalkeeper. Information so. it would, that would have been useful several minutes ago. Yeah, that's true. No, also, no, but none uh, of that matters. You want to know why? Because it's sports, sports guessing. guessing. Yeah, that's yep, right. True. Awesome. Scott, hey, we got through that. We did. And, and uh, I think we gave everybody what they wanted plus – everything that they didn't know they wanted to hear but right. now they're glad they did no doubt yeah. no doubt hey listen find us on the socials as scott alluded to earlier and uh listen for us next week for the fantasy soccer fc podcast this is david smith until next time